Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Joe McCall with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. You're in for a treat. That sound you hear right there is like, oh yeah, here we go. There's some good stuff coming on this podcast today because most of our audience, you guys are wholesalers and the market's changing and things are getting crazy. And you're wondering like, what am I going to do? This is crazy. This is freaking me out. Well, I got a guest on today. It's going to calm you down. It's going to say, listen, it's going to be all right. Sean Terry's in the house. Sean Terry's been doing this business for a long, long time. He's seen the markets going up and down. Like me, he's made a lot of mistakes. I've made way more mistakes than he has, but this is a really good time to be in the market, especially if you're a wholesaler. And there's nobody better in the industry right now on wholesaling than Sean Terry. He is the master of wholesaling. So we're going to be talking about what wholesalers should be doing in this market to survive and thrive and to make a lot of money. Not take advantage of sellers, right? We're not talking about taking advantage of people in this uncertain time, but you know, how to where are the opportunities right now? You know, how can we as investors help and serve the most people? Okay. So I'm going to bring Sean Terry on in just a second. First, I want to tell you this podcast is brought to you by my book. It's called Wholesaling Lease Options. It's about a quarter of an inch thick, but it's all killer, no filler, as I like to say. And every chapter in here, I teach how I quit my job. In 2009, a year after the market collapsed, I was able to quit my job doing these things. Flipping lease options. It's a great strategy. And I, I just teach everything in here. You can get this book for free at wlobook.com. It's right there on the screen. Wlobook.com. All right. Subscribe to the show. If you if you are new to this podcast, go to Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all of them, and subscribe to the show, and you'll get notified whenever we release new episodes. All right. Uh, I'm gonna bring the man of the hour, Sean Terry. Hey there, what's happening? Sean, how are you, man? You're always looking so good, man. I know you are too. And you look good with glasses. Don't let I know you I saw you have them before and you think you look old, but you look distinguished and mature wow. when you wear glasses. Your, your gray beard looks distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> I need all the help I can get, man. I do got some gray hair though, so I've got to get that managed. <laughs> so real quick, we are live. We're broadcasting this live to YouTube and Facebook. So if you are watching this live on YouTubes or the Facebooks, put a comment in, say hello. And as we start talking to Sean here, if you have questions, this is the time and the place to ask them. So type your questions in the YouTube comments and the Facebook comments. If you like this video, give us a thumbs up, share it. Um, and also, if you're listening to this after we've done this on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to the show, okay? Boom. Subscribe. So, and Sean, you have a little known podcast that maybe a few people have heard of. What's your podcast called? The Ultimate Real Estate Investing Podcast is, I started it back in 2010, and I initially gave my phone number out on the first four or five podcasts. I didn't think anyone was listening because no one ever called me, but except you. (laughs) You're the only guy that picked up, called and said, hi, this is Joe. I was like, Joe? He goes, yeah, from St. Louis. He goes, yeah, I listen to your podcast. I was like, I have a listener! I have one listener! I've told this story many times, Sean was the one who helped me create my podcast. Yeah, And I said, how do you do it? And so I was trying to come up with names and he said, you should call it the real estate investing wizards. Like at the time there was the stock market wizards. Yeah, And I thought, nah, I don't like wizards, but I thought masters. 
a real estate investing masters, a real estate investing mastery. Yep. And uh, I started interviewing people based on Sean's telling me, hey, you should interview guys that are doing a lot of deals. And no and one time, was doing that. Nobody was doing that. You're the only one doing that. Yep. Now everybody and their grandmother's doing it, but that's everybody all right. <laughs> but that's all right. So I'm getting some feedback here. Paul Evans, Joe and Sean, the 2020 version of the dynamic duo. Uh, <laughs> Boom. Brutus, what's up, Sean and Joe? What's up? Nick Johnson, every time Nick is on one of my... Uh, Go Hawks. <laughs> he just says Go Hawks every single time. That's funny. That works, man. <laughs> Franz, great topic for today. Nice. And Nick just said here, just finished the podcast, State of the Union with Gavin. I did a podcast, Sean, and I called it the State of the Union. Sure. What do investors? And I called myself the president of real estate. I self-declared myself as the hey, president that, of real estate. That's, that's better than being the uh, godfather. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Sean, we were talking the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're still doing a ton of deals. Yeah. And I thought, man, this is exciting. People need to hear this. We're still closing on. We, we put a deal out on the market yesterday or today. Gavin was telling me we had four buyers contact us immediately saying, I want the deal. I want the deal. Yep. People are getting scared. They're freaking out. And I was talking to you. You're doing deals still today. And things have changed a little bit for you. And not just recently, the last few weeks, but I mean, in the last few months, you've been doing things a lot differently. Right. And I'm excited to ask you some questions about what you are seeing that's working well right now in this market. Well, first off, if we've never met um, Facebook, oh yeah, yeah, come on, Instagram, whatever, back in the world, that back there, I um, I started wholesaling in 2003, so that's uh, a little more than 17 years ago, and I got started doing deals locally in my local market here, just uh, knocking on pre foreclosure doors. In 2003, I, I did great. I made 134 thousand my first like eight months in the business, and it made a massive impact. I was able to quit my job, I was able to go full time and support my family. So I've been a full-time investor since you know early 2003. And then 2004, I was... When we strictly marketed after pre-foreclosures, and what we did was basically a deal structure where we left the existing loan in place with a, with a seller, and we gave the seller three to $4,000, $5,000 to move. Then we go in and, and renovate the property, clean it up, not full renovation, but rent ready. And then we put a tenant in there and then we'd hang on to it as a rental portfolio. So in 2004 to early 2005, we built a portfolio of 120 houses, $36 million worth. And then a group out of California came to us because if we all know remember 2005. You're in Phoenix too, by the way, right? Yeah, we're in Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix now. So in 2005, it was the height of the market. The market was on fire. The stock market was going up. You know, houses, there was no inventory. It was crazy. And I ended up, we ended up selling all of our properties in from early November and early uh, 2005 to November 2005. So about 120%, 130% of value. I mean, because there's no inventory in the marketplace, we sold them all. That was my brilliant move. Now let's talk about my stupid move. My stupid move was, is I didn't listen to podcasts like Joe. I didn't listen to other people. I actually listened to a one of my daughter's dance dads was a civil engineer. And he goes, listen, we should buy land. You know, guys are buying land, they're entitling it, they're selling it, and they're making a fortune. So, guess what I did? We went all in on land and I started buying tracts of land and entitling it, which means bringing it through the process of platting and engineering the properties to sell it. Well, so you were developing it to sell yeah. to home builders. Yeah, develop it to sell the home builders. So, what happens is you don't buy land, which is a non cash flowing asset, when a height of the market, when the market's essentially crashing. So, we made a lot of landowners 
incredibly happy buying their land at the height of the market. What happens is the market ended up declining and I found myself in a really tough situation where it was 2008, the market crashed. I owned $30 million worth of land, 540 something lots that we had through development, a $100,000 a month, basically a payment that I had to make for interest payment on the land. And it came to the point where we essentially ran out of money. And I was like, okay, what do I do? You know, had made it. So I went and talked to the lenders. Luckily, none of the properties were personal guaranteed. They're asset based loans. We actually gave the properties back. And it was a, it was like, a, it was a, an amazing time. And I found myself literally completely broke in 2008 and just. I was disconnected. I wasn't praying in the morning. I wasn't getting up early. I wasn't waking up and working out. I wasn't, I wasn't doing all the things that I knew I should do because I was in, I was depressed essentially because I felt like I'd lost all this. And honestly, what happened was I got too big for my britches. I got, I, I, I had a big ego and I thought it was all that and everything I touched turned to gold. And I think it was God's way to kind of slap me across the head and say, listen, idiot, <laughs> you know, you know, that, you know, wake up. So it was a very humbling experience. I look back at it now and I thank God it did happen. I learned a lot from it. And maybe now I can, you know, able to uh, talk to you about, about things that makes a little difference. So I came out of that and I literally went back to the basics. I hand wrote letters for my kitchen table at my house, yellow letters. I hand wrote 25 a day. I would go out and I'd mail them out. I hand write and I hand write. And next thing you know, I get calls from sellers. I'd meet with sellers. I get properties under contract. I'd flip one here, make five, thousand flip another one make ten thousand and then that kind of started me back in wholesaling and I really haven't diverted from that and it gave me the opportunity to sit down and say you know kind of like we're doing now or have the ability to kind of step back and look at you know, what do we want out of life, right? What do we want to accomplish? What's important to us? What's our priorities? And you kind of look back at all that. And, and I sat down and I said, okay, if I was going to design the perfect business, what would it be? And I kind of mapped it out and designed it. And, and it brought me to where I, I am now. And also I look back at what are the asset classes in real estate that actually survived during the market crash and who got wiped out? Home builders got wiped out, you know, people that had these large construction projects that were doing, you know, land development, you know, all that type of stuff. People that bought apartment class C apartment buildings that were that were essentially they had lots of renovations and they got stuck and they couldn't rent them out. And a lot of people, that, but the people that survived were people that owned mini storage, people that owned assets where there was zero debt. You know, there is there is not a lot of leverage. They own cash flow, you know, properties with low leverage and long-term debt on it. So, and I didn't, I owned land, which was obviously a big mistake. So what I basically came out the other side and now look at it and, and now take us to where we are now and where you are now, you know, in the marketplace with this whole COVID-19 thing going on with lockdowns and you got California, you got Chicago, you got New York right now that are completely shut down for business. You know, I'm, I'm at my office complex right now, but it's like a little, it's like a little center. Uh, you know, all the restaurants are closed right around me. The coffee shop that I go to every morning is closed, you know, and there's a lot of businesses is closed. That means commercial real estate. There's obviously going to be issues there. So what can we do becomes the question. What can we do to be a value to the marketplace as a real estate wholesaler and continue to operate business and, and, and then kind of look at... So 
if we look historically back at recessions, there is a recession that happened in the 1990s, we know. There's a recession that happened in 2000, 2001, we know. There's a recession that happened, obviously, in 2008. The difference between those recessions was the 2001 recession. It was a shock and awe recession because of the Twin Towers being attacked in New York City. We all know about that, right? So, And then what happens is we went into essentially about a year-long recession after that period, but we came right back out of it because the underlying fundamentals of the economy were fairly strong. So the GDP dropped essentially meaning we're in a recession. But interestingly, during that time, home prices raised 4.8% because they dropped interest rates low. Now, we're in an environment right now where interest rates right now are at historic lows, right? You can get a 15-year fix for like 3.25% right now. And we have this wave. That means there's buyers. That means stable buyers that have their jobs that are able to keep their jobs. They can work remote. You know, They're saying now that there's potentially about 30 to 40 million people that are about to be unemployed in the marketplace. Well, we have you know, what, 300 million people. So that means there's a lot of people that are looking for an opportunity to buy housing now because less, uh, you know, less than two months ago, we had a, we had an inventory shortage across the country. There was no inventory across the country. Now we have all this inventory that's going to be coming and flooding in the market. And we have this historically low interest rate and we have a wave of people now. They're going to be selling houses. So I personally think that for a real estate wholesaler during this time, it's unprecedented where we have the ability to, for about a year, make generational wealth, right? Make an, an incredible opportunity to think about it. If you have people in unemployment rising, they're going to look for houses to sell. They're going to look for their, their inherited property they've been sitting on for three years. It's just kind of sitting there. They're going to sell it. They're going to look at their their investment property and that that they're just going to want to sell it so they can create liquidity. You know, they're going to have other assets, you know, other maybe their own personal house and they're going to move into a, a condo, maybe a lesser house. They're going to turn around and sell. So it's going to create an unprecedented opportunity as the unemployment rises and people are looking for liquidity to sell houses. And all I can say is to bring it to real time, our leads coming in have almost they doubled and close to tripled on the exact same marketing budget. So because the influx of people coming in looking to sell properties, it's insane. Like I've never seen it before. We're getting more leads coming in today. And what we do now, I do deals locally here in Phoenix, Arizona. And also I, we do deals nationally in every major and small market across the entire country. Well, you know, I was just we were looking at a deal in Orange Park, Florida, just outside of Jacksonville. Smoking hmm. deal we're selling. I've got we got deals closing in Midland, Texas. I got one, you know, one that we closed in Hampton, Georgia. Have you ever heard of Hampton? Georgia. I've never been to Hampton, Georgia, right? But still, you know, $10,000, $12,000 deal. Got another one, you know, closing in Biloxi, Biloxi, Biloxi Mississippi. Yeah. But right now we got about a little over 30 plus deals on the board right now that we're working and selling. And guess what? The buyer appetite is still there. Buyers still want to transact. Now, you just have to price in the COVID-19 pricing with your sellers and be able to offer a better discount to your buyers. Yeah. But now's not the time to hesitate. Now's the time to, you know, to, to look at it and say, how can we provide a service to the market? We can help. 
sellers sell houses, you know, and get these properties sold because we have access to or can find cash buyers in the market right now. So it's an interesting time. It is a weird time. All I know is that, you know, I have a staff, a team of people. We're not firing anybody. We're not letting anybody go. We're keeping everybody, you know, part of our team. We're not furloughing anybody. We're actually looking to hire more people. Maybe a different pay structure initially, maybe just full commission versus actually salary as leads come in. But now now's the time is when wealth is created and because of this downfall. Now, especially, I mean, look at stocks. You can buy Apple for, you know, 40% off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this is this is really good because um I'm seeing the same thing. We're wholesaling deals in Alabama and Georgia right now with with Gavin, yep. and one of our students, Melissa. And um, we've been calling our buyers and saying, listen, are you still buying? Are you still wanting deals? And every single one, except one or two, we did have one fall through. Like, yes. Are you crazy? Keep on bringing me your deals. Yeah. And that's exciting and encouraging, isn't it? Because there's, the buyers are still looking for deals. Yeah. I just think you have to price in because if you look at comparable sales and you look back 90 days, 90 days was a complete different world 90 days ago than today. So you have to do a pricing of the COVID-19. You have to build that in your price. So how do you build it into your price? If you normally offer, you know, say, you know, 78% or 72% on a, on a particular deal, I would literally chop it by 10%, offer 63% on the deal. And guess what? You will get it. Why? Because it's a whole different world out there, right? Someone has... Yeah, that's yeah. why I love, love wholesaling so much. Right. Because you can, you may make an offer. Let's say you made an offer two weeks ago and you can still renegotiate your yep. contract if you have to. You yep. know? Obviously, it's not the best thing, but you can still renegotiate. And sellers are more open to renegotiating their prices now. And so that's the thing with wholesaling that is so beautiful and wonderful with as long as you're within the inspection contingency or whatever your contingency period is. Yep. Like you don't have to close the deal. Right. You don't, you don't have to own it. I mean, I mean, exactly. So as a real estate investor, you want to use wholesaling out. And this is my whole methodology is use wholesaling as an active cash to build cash. And then, then you can put it into cash flow assets with low leverage, long-term debt. You know, if you decide to use debt on those properties, if you have something like that, then you're pretty much protected. The people that got wiped out in 2000, 2008, 2009, they were in a situation where they had high leverage properties. If you have high leverage on properties, the market decreases a little, and then you have four, five, six, you know, properties that go vacant. Now we're in you, you, there's tough situations going on. You know? I, I'm so excited about the market too because leads are starting to come up. We're seeing better response rates with our direct mail. Yeah, we're also seeing more old leads with because of the follow up are starting to come up and saying, you know, yeah, I want to sell my house now. Are you still interested in it? Yep. And so, so many people out there, they're sitting on a gold mine right now, aren't they? Of old leads. Yeah. And if they just reignited them or like re-engage them. I think that's a great actionable step. If you have your old leads, you can put them in a, into something like Scipio and you can blast out a voice blast to them. You can blast out a text to them and say, hey, we're still buying. If you have a house, we need to buy a house this week. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to get an influx of calls of people now. And guess what? They're going to negotiate, you know? Here's another big thing. I'm in Phoenix, which is a highly, highly competitive market. Average cost per lead is about $482. And the reason why it's so high is because OfferPad, OpenDoor, Zillow Home, Redfin, and all these massive iBuyers have entered the market. But they're also entering the other, other big markets like Atlanta, like, you know, Charlotte, like Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you know, 
So now they have essentially pulled out completely out of their acquisition department. It creates another huge opportunity where the leads are going to drop and all these sellers now that have, oh, I'm with Open Door. I, oh, I'm with OfferPad. And they're offering it 91%. Well, guess what? That business model does not work in this market right now. So you're seeing that they've, they've backed away. They've completely, they, they shut their acquisition operations down completely wow. and they backed out of all their contracts. Are you holy smokes? Yeah. That creates a tremendous opportunity. Yeah. So I mean just I mean they were all over the pay-per-click advertising here in Phoenix, right? So I mean they're all over the place. He had Offerpad, Open Doors, Zilla Home and Redfin now took all the top spots. You know, for pay-per-click advertising, it was driving, you know, cost up ridiculously. So now they're completely banished. You know, now you have you have an incredible opportunity where you're going to get a lower cost per lead. You're going to get more sellers into the market, which is just more opportunity, in my in my opinion. Let's talk about doing deals virtually. You know, okay. your staff is probably staying at home. You are doing deals all over the country now, mm-hmm. which is awesome. You're not going to their house to see these properties, right? Nope. How are you doing these deals virtually? Can you talk about that? So essentially what we're doing is we're marketing via Google AdWords in Bing, right? And we're basically finding these little markets and doing like you're doing with Georgia and Alabama and stuff like that. Very similar. And we're letting the leads come in and we're finding these hot little pockets. And basically the pockets, the criteria is a population of 50,000 or more. And they have to be at least an hour to an hour and a half from a major MSA, right? And those tend to be the sweet spots. And there is no competition in these little markets. You look at these little tiny markets. I mean, for an example, like, you know, Orange Park, Florida. It's about, you know, 30 minutes from Jacksonville. It's a little tiny market, but there's tons of activity going on in that little tiny. I mean, there's a lot of activity happening in that in that particular area. And there's lots of deals happening in that area. So if you look at that, so we're, we're finding these little pockets. And then what we're doing is dropping direct mail. We use like a street view postcard. We'll drop direct mail to those little towns. And our response rates in Phoenix are 0.000%. 7% response rates in these towns are in like 3 to 4%, which is, I don't know how many times more than that, but it's a lot more. I, I, I kind of wish, I'm a little torn now. I'm kind of torn because I wish you wouldn't talk about this. I wish it would stay a secret. But yeah. this is insane. About a year ago, I created a course with Larry Goins called Small Town Profits. Yep. And it's huge. But I'm not... All, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because people need to know. People need to know about this. There is so much opportunity in small towns right now that it's insane. The, we're seeing uh, we're seeing the same response rates on our direct mail, mm-hmm. but I'm also sending some direct mail to rural vacant land. Yeah, and we're getting 10% response rates. Yeah, and you think who would buy? And this is something I know a lot of people are thinking, Sean. Who's going to buy a house in these small towns? Who's going to buy a rural vacant lot in the middle of nowhere? Right. So who? Who's buying these deals that you're getting under contract right now? Well, it's interesting. They're like, we sold this deal in Jeanette, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> Jeanette, Jeanette does not meet the criteria. And I don't know how we got the deal in Jeanette, Pennsylvania. It just came through marketing, whatever. But Jeanette, little Pennsylvania, and who bought this house? It was, and what we're doing is we're using a couple different sources. We're using REI Automator, which essentially is a white label of PropStream. The only difference yeah. has offer stuff in there. So it's REI Automator. And inside there, it allows you to pull all the 
flippers in there. And flippers are people that purchased a property in the last two years and now they bought it and now they're reselling it on the MLS. So it's a great resource. And you go in, you click on MLS. And what happens is it will show you the agent's number and you just call them out. I was just talking to a couple agents um, um, in Orange Park right now. And but and they're like, yeah, absolutely. And they the agent has the relationship with the buyer. So it works really well. The one in Jeanette, Pennsylvania came from an agent that we found off of realtor.com. In a realtor.com, you can do an agent search and you can search and you then you click on most active and you find the most active realtors. You just call the top five of those most active realtors and say, hey, I'm an investor here in Phoenix, Arizona. We currently have a property under contract and an escrow right now. And we're looking for a cash buyer that could purchase our property. We have X built-in commission, 3000 2000 whatever, or you can tack on your fee on top of the price, whatever you'd like. Would you happen to have any investors in the area that could pay cash that could close fairly quickly? And we've had people go, oh my gosh, yes, I have this one. So in the one in Jeanette, Pennsylvania, it was a gym owner, a guy owned a gym, and he, he, he loves buying little rental properties that he can purchase. He bought that property and he put a renter in it. And I think we made you know eight or nine grand on it or something like that. Drop the mic. Like This is gold. Are you guys picking up what Sean is laying down. Are you smelling what he's stepping in right now? <laughs> <laughs> like this is a big, big deal. People are so scared and afraid that they're not going to be finding a buyer for these deals in these small towns, right? Sean just mentioned one, probably one of the be- the best ways to find buyers. Hello, realtors. Yeah. Call them up, talk to them. And they know that market. And in fact, once you find a good realtor, they can probably help you inspect the property, take pictures of the property. Yeah. Well, people, the, the big questions are, okay, well, first, how do you close it over the phone? Right? That, that's the first way. How, when you get a lead coming, how do you close it? Yeah. So we have a four-step closing process that pretty much you can, I can take someone off the street, pay them literally 15 bucks an hour and hundred bucks a deal, and they can close deals over the phone. I mean, it's not that hard. It's basically you do a deep dive, you gather some information about them, you gather some information about the repairs, and you get their lowest asking number. What's yep. the lowest yep. number, whatever you get. Then you do what's called a set. We do a set, and then we'll do a say, listen, you know what? Let me research the property. Let me figure out the highest we can offer. Let me talk to my underwriter. Let me talk to my boss. Let me see what we can do to get the highest number. And what you do is you set an appointment for 15 minutes later. Sometimes we just do a straight one-call close, but it depends on the person. But we'll, we'll set the appointment. 15 minutes later, get them back on the phone and say, listen, I talked to my underwriter. We looked at the comps based upon what's going on and the condition of the property and the current COVID-19 things happening. You know, our offer can be $121,247. And listen, we're only buying one property this week. So if you're interested, we need to, you know, we can write up a contract. And then what they do is you have the DACA sign already prepared. And so let me, and then yeah, go ask a closing question. We usually ask an alternate choice question. Like, would you like to close on a Friday or Monday. So once we do the set, then we'll do the close in that process and we'll do the re- we'll do the set, we'll research, then we'll do the close. And the close is we present our offer. It's going to be an off-figure number and then we ask the closing question, which is the alternate choice close, which is would you like to close on Friday or Monday? If they go, "Well, let's close on Monday." You got a deal. Say, "Great. What email is the best email I can send you the contract? I'll walk you through the process." That's and- important by the way. What you just said there, walking them through signing the contract over the phone. Yeah, you do it all over the phone. You don't send it and forget it. You set you literally walk them over the yeah. phone. 
you get it signed right there. And then you say, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do to speed up this process. What I'd like you to do is go around your house, take 15 to 20 pictures. I need a good front picture, good back picture, and as many pictures of the inside as you could possibly get the good, bad, and the ugly. If you could send those over, that will take about a week off and we can move forward. So and we'll have an email, we'll have to send the pictures over. And 99% of our sellers will send either via text or they send via email, they'll send us pictures over the house. So once we get the pictures now, we'll put them in a Google Photos create a link for a shareable link. Now we've basically are ready to market the deal. And then we'll, there's two national closing companies out there as clothesline settlements and there's WFG are both closing nationally. They'll do, they'll do deals all across the country. We use both of them. So we'll get, we'll open up title with them. They'll pull title reports and then we're in, we're now marketing the property. And we do a couple different things in marketing. One, we're going to do the flippers like you talked about. Two, we're going to, we're going to go to the realtor. Dot com we're going to find those so we're we're going to actively do that the second thing we do is is we pull all the real estate agents email addresses and we buy that particular state mm-hmm. um, real hyphen agent hyphen list dot agents.com real hyphen agent just put real estate agent list and you'll find it yeah we buy that agent list and then we take all the absentee owners that purchased in the last year, skip trace them. And with those emails, we put them all together and we'll blast out an email. And we use a killer service. Maybe you haven't heard of this, Joe, yet. It's called Send in Blue. Hmm. Send in Blue. Now, the reason why we move the Send in Blue is because all the other constant contact, get response, all the other, pla- even uh, SendGrid, all the other, pla- AWeber, all the other platforms basically charge you on a per subscriber basis. This is the only service I've found that does not charge you on a per subscriber. It only charges you on actual sent emails. So what happens is we had, I had an account with one of the other service providers and we had upwards to half a million emails in there for our database that we're building across the country. And it was costing me six grand a month. Like there's got to be a better way. So uh, we found Send in Blue. Now we have the, you know, the 500,000 names in there and it's 173 bucks a month. And they'll let you email them without requiring double opt-ins or something like that. Yep, you can email them because you, what you do is you set up your own dedicated IP, and then you warm up that IP, and then you're and they, they give you a whole process of exactly how to do that. So you're sending off your own IPs. Uh, you know what's interesting too? I don't know if you've looked at this. The same company where you buy that email list from mm-hmm. realestateagentlist.com, they have an email service. Yeah, they will they will uh, set all that up for you. Yeah, they'll actually blast it out. They'll blast it out for you. Nice. Send in blue. Yeah, you'll like that. That's a really good... You can put a million and a half emails in there and you'll only get charged on the actual sent emails that you sent. So yeah. we have little templates that we have, property templates. We send them out there and we uh, we email. And one of, my, one of my girls goes in there and she goes in, takes every property for the you know the, all the properties that we're marketing and she'll blast, blast them out. What, what does your email say? It's basically just specifically about the property. And then it gives like a description of the property. We have a link for the pictures. Actually, it's a button for the pictures they can click. And if they're an agent, we'll either A, typically I like to have a built-in commission for the agent and giving them the ability to tack on, tack on their fee on top of the price. Are you doing anything else like with bandit signs or calling landlords and things like that? No, it's primarily, it's calling the agents, it's email, and it's texting. We'll do broadcast texting as well. People, I know, I know the answer to this, but I know people are also asking it. How do you get the property inspected? What if you make an offer and you find out it needs way more work than you thought it did, than you calculated in your offer? 
Great question. How do you inspect the property like that? So now that we have an agent, we built a relationship with an agent that's going to bring their buyer out. We'll schedule a showing, right? And we'll tell the we'll tell the seller, say, listen, right? You know, we got the agent coming here. We got the, and tell the agent, say, listen, don't have any communication with the seller whatsoever. You know, if you want to have property questions, you can ask them. Nothing about the contract or the price. Now, the great thing about working with agents is they have a code of ethics where they're not yeah. going to essentially circumvent the deal. If they do, they could essentially lose their license, which they don't want to do. So what happened, you know, now the agent goes over there, you'll get good perspective from that. So we'll typically send one to two, maybe three people over to the house with various different agents. And then we're going to get feedback on offers, right? So if we're, if we're priced too high, we're going to take the offer. We're going to basically verify that offer with the, with the buyer and say, listen, we're going to go, we're in it for more than that. We're going to go back and renegotiate with the seller. But I need to know that you're ready to go, that you're going to close because I'm going to, we're, we're going to go back and renegotiate. And typically we tell the agent that, right? Because we're not talking directly to the buyer and they get the confirmation that's a go. We're going to go back, talk to the seller, renegotiate that deal, create that spread there, and then be able to bring it to closing. Excellent. But if you had to, you could cancel the contract if they won't renegotiate with you, right? Yeah. Now we've had some where they go, nope, sorry. You know, I just, you know, it just doesn't work for me. I can't do it. And and we essentially cancel the deal. So you're doing these deals over the phone. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a bunch of people that work in the office or used to work in the office with you doing these calls with sellers? Yeah. Well, until this whole COVID-19 thing, I let my staff work from home starting last Monday. So they all work remote. We use a, a phone system called DialPad. Dialpad's phenomenal. It works great because it's all voice over IP, but everyone's connected together. It has a texting feature and it also has that. So if I if I get a call here in Phoenix and I and you and I work together, Joe, I could easily do a transfer and it transfers it to you. You can pick up on the line and I can say, Hey Joe, I got Mrs. Seller on the line here, this, that, and the other, yada, 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 here, and then press auto transfer and it goes right to you and it transfers. So my team's working remote, calls are coming in simul call simultaneously, and they're picking up the phone, answering leads coming in from direct mail leads coming in from online marketing and they're doing deals and talking to sellers, getting contracts and selling properties. And we're making outbound calls to our agents. Beautiful. Excellent. Yeah. If you haven't used that, that's definitely a a great tool. Are you doing any proactive buyer marketing right now where you're trying to find buyers before you find the sellers? No, we're, we're essentially, and maybe we should, but we're, cause we're going into a market that, so we don't, we don't, we're kind of discovering these markets as we as our marketing goes. So we're not really building buyer databases in that market unless we're in that market. So for Hampton, Georgia, we didn't have any buyers there. So what did we do? We went to the agents, we went to the flippers, we we skip traced all the absentee owners in that area. And then we sent them text and emails and we got a buyer that came across and they wanted that deal. Like we 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 have we closed a deal last week in Maine, right? Mm-hmm. Small little deal in Maine, right? That we did out there for us, like uh, seven or eight grand out there. But yeah, great deal. I mean, it's a it's a good deal. We found a buyer for it, and it was you know it was great just just by doing that, you know. And I I think there's no problem finding buyers that way. The the, the marketing again here, the marketing again. You you're doing Google AdWords. Yep. And then you're doing direct mail once you know you've got a good area. Or are you doing? Yeah, so let's so let's say well we got Google AdWords that we're doing for a state. Like if I'm going to do, we did we did Georgia, and and in Georgia instead of doing Atlanta, which is highly competitive, we just did Georgia to see if we could pull up. 
And then we found Hampton, Georgia. Hampton, can Georgia. You, can you exclude Atlanta in your Google AdWords? We don't exclude it. We we keep it, but we've got leads in Atlanta. But leads come in, and as they come in, we're like we got one in Hampton. Well, the thing is, no one's really marketing in Hampton, so the cost per lead is a lot lower yeah. than in Atlanta. So no one's really has any marketing going in in Hampton, Georgia. So we got that deal in Hampton, Georgia. And then now, you know, we drop some direct mail there and we've got, cause I have, now I have buyers in that market. It's really easy to pull list with PropSteam or REI Automator. And uh, we just pull a list and we just send direct send a street view postcard to the distressed sellers right there. We're not sending tens of thousands. We're sending maybe a couple thousand, you know, and a three to 4% response rate, you get great response rate, motivated sellers. And then we continue to do deals and sell them to our, our agents and buyers we already have a relationship with. Uh, are you sending the picture postcards and letters right now? The picture yeah. of the house? Yeah, it's the uh, street view postcard. Nice. Yellowlettermail.com. Yellow also, you're using yellowlettermail.com. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to ask you a couple more questions and then, then uh, we'll be wrapping up here. Boom. Creative deals. Are you doing subject twos on these virtual deals in small towns or land contracts? Not virtual deals. No local deals. Yes. Right. As we get local deals come in, I know that our title lady I've been working with for 17 years. She's awesome. We have those down with science here in Phoenix, but local nationally with these, these couple title companies we're using, they really haven't wrapped their head around the whole process yet. I don't really want to teach them how to do it. So especially in a declining market right now, I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you, Sean, if you were to lose everything, you have $0 in your bank account, you needed to make 10 grand in 30 days, mm -hmm. what would you do? Exactly what I did back in 2008. I'd handwrite letters from my kitchen table. I'd personally write, handwrite letters. I'd write 25 a day and I'd mail them every single day, uh, seven days a week. I get calls from sellers. I go on appointments. I'd meet them. And Who would you send them to? And, and you live in Phoenix. So yeah, I, I'd send them to the tax delinquent list right? That has at least 50% equity and then pre-foreclosures. Okay. Right. I would just, I would just send, I'd just send yellow letters out to people and I, I would, I wouldn't get a ton of calls, but I would get calls coming in and that's initially how it start. Or I'd pick a couple, two, three small towns across the country and do the same thing. Nice. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. Yep. You know what we're doing well right now? We're sending yellow letters through email to mail, click to mail. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Email letter. But with click to mail, email to mail, you can print on yellow paper. Now it's going to be a window envelope, so it won't be handwritten, but it's a window envelope with yellow paper in there. Yeah. And we're sending it to the owners of two things, rental properties on Zillow. A lot of them are listed with property managers. So we're sending them to the owners of the rental properties. And a lot of those, by the way, are not showing up yet as absentee owners in county records. So they're getting zero mail. Wow. And the houses are vacant. That's number one. We're also sending mail to older listings on Redfin. Mm -hmm. Redfin is really good with MLS data. Yeah. And so you can pull up a list of all the homes in your price range in your area that have been on the market over 90, 180 days. Right. And we're sending letters directly to the owner saying, Hey, listen, we'd like to buy your house, but we need to rent it for a little bit first and then buy it. That wouldn't work for you, would it? If it would, you know, give us a call. We're not telling the seller to cancel their listing. Right. We're just making a lease option offer to them. But what's crazy is these letters to the rentals on Zillow, because a lot of them are 
not listed as absentee owners yet. The houses are vacant. A lot of them, they're not getting much direct mail from your competitors and they're really motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's sitting there vacant and they, 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 I guarantee you they've contemplated selling it, mm-hmm. but then they go, well, maybe I'll just rent it. But now yeah. with all this junk going on in the world, now yeah. they're, they might contemplate and go, you know, maybe I don't want to rent this thing. If this guy's willing to buy it, I'll, you know, let's see what I can do. Oh man. I'm so glad you talked about this. This is two things I'm really excited about. Number one, doing deals virtually. Right. And number two, doing deals in small towns. Yeah. It's, you know, we've been doing deals in small towns for a long time, but it hasn't been until like the last six to 12 months we've really been focusing on it. There is so much opportunity out there in small towns. And yeah. uh, especially when you can crack Google AdWords like you have and get leads super cheap, find a good market outside of a big MSA, yeah. do some direct mail. You're seeing double, triple the response rates in these small towns and you can still sell them which is just really exciting. Um, you just created a little course and I, and guys, listen, I want to, I want to give a huge plug to Sean Terry's training and education. A lot of you watching this, I'm seeing the comments right here from Facebook and YouTube. You've known Sean for a long time. He always over delivers on the value and what he teaches. He teaches what he does. It's insane. Um, so you just did an offer recently where you're 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 teaching people now. Uh, you created a course recently where you're teaching people how how to do these deals virtually. Is that right? Yeah. So I basically created a course this past August with Nick Perry and the guys from uh, Tall Bridge, which is out of Canada, and they're doing about fifty to one hundred thousand a week in revenue virtually right now. Yeah. Nick Perry's doing three to four hundred thousand a month virtually right now. So that's what really pushed me to go from local to virtually. And I, I recently just started going virtually since probably end of November, beginning of December. Yeah. We kind of moved our shift to go to go virtually, primarily because of these guys. So and so we put this killer course together, Remote Millions. And now we've I've now I, I have been in the market doing deals virtually, you know, minimum 20 to 30 a month that we've been doing since since we have been doing this. And I've learned a ton. And now we've with this whole COVID-19 thing going on, social distancing, I believe, in my opinion, not only is the is it the perfect business model for our time that we have right now, but it will allow you to thrive during this time right now. And then with the wave coming with the amount of sellers that are going to be entering the market, it's another unprecedented time to be able to do it. So knowing specifically how to do it, and I have not met you being one, there's maybe a handful of people that really know specifically how to do this and is doing deals on a national basis and being able to primarily generate leads via Google AdWords finding small towns and then dropping direct mail. There's maybe maybe five people that I personally know all across the country that is uh, that is doing it and not only do we have you know three of them that are uh, part of the training, but what I'm doing is starting March 30th through April 3rd, I'm doing a, a week-long intensive where I'm going through and hand-holding people through the course and we're updating the content in there to make it current for what's going on. Just the stuff that we talked about, you know, talked about, but we get into specifics, we give you scripts 
We give you how to pull the realtors. We show you how the templates to send the mail. We talk about a texting service that we're using right now. It's working really well. How to find those. And we bring you, pretty much walk you, bring you into the computer and take you step by step through the whole entire process. So that it. is, yeah, we're doing now with this whole COVID-19, we got a 50% off coupon that we're giving to people. So uh, so that I know they may have been out of work or lost a job or whatever. And this is a great opportunity to dive into your education, become better and then walk out of this thing with a brand new business model that can work in a great time and it can work in a recession. So Excellent. where can people go, Sean? If they go to getrmnow.com forward slash shift, S-H-I-F-T, getrmnow.com forward slash getrmnow.com forward slash shift. Is that right? Yep. Cool. Get RM. What does RM stand for? Remote. Remote yep. millions. Get rmnow.com slash shift. Shift. Yeah. So if you go there, check it out. I do a free presentation on there and I kind of walk through the whole process of what we're doing. I actually take you into my Google AdWords account and show you what we're doing in there. I take you into REI Automator and how to find the flippers. I tell you the difference of where we are in the marketplace today. I'm going to do kind of like a comparison, a recession comparison. And I answer pretty much the top questions that I have been getting over the last two and three weeks from investors, like what happens if there's a national lockdown, which is already happening in three states right now. You know, what's the best business model to, to go out and do during this? And how can you thrive when you're doing it? What are we doing in our office to, to make sure that we're continuing productive? What are all the tools that we use yeah. to be able to do this? So questions like that, we answer on the training. Good. Well, I think you've over-delivered, Sean, and just giving the tips and the advice and the things that you're doing today. Uh, but if you guys want to take it another level, take it to a big level, go to getrmnow.com slash shift. And by the way, if you go to my website for the podcast, realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, you get the show notes, you get all the links, and even the transcripts of this podcast. So you, I know we dropped a lot of links here and uh, we all you can get the transcripts to get everything at my podcast, realestateinvestingmastery.com. The second so, podcast yeah, yeah. online. The second best real estate. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you got me, you and Matt Terrio are, are always, we, we went, because we were, we were the... We were the the three musketeers that kind of pioneered the space, and now there's 50 billion. Well, what's funny though is there were some people before that yeah, were doing. REI, that. there is REI, there is Real Estate Radio. Yeah, real estate yeah, guys radio. There was um, Jason Hartman. Jason Hartman was there, correct? There was there was also oh, Lifestyles Unlimited, but that was it. That, that that was that doesn't even count. That was like taking the radio show and turning it into a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but there was nobody, and I remember thinking, Sean, oh man, I'm afraid I missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking about the days where every car in America is going to be able to have a screen where you can just listen to your podcast, <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> My daughter, literally, I, we've got her a new car for her 16th birthday. She has her, she has a podcast emblem right there, right connected to Apple iTunes. That's awesome. I'm getting really good feedback here. Peter says, thank you both. Thanks, uh, Josh, these guys are the most legit in this whole field. Awesome. Nice. Aliyah says, all of my deals come from came from small towns. towns so that's very true. You know this lady, Sis. sis yeah. Yep. She's, uh, she's crushing it. Oh, yeah, she is. And uh, Nick is saying, coronavirus isn't keeping me from moving forward. I'll contact some realtors. Uh, Josh is saying, I want to work with agents more. For sure. Yeah, agents are great, especially if you're not, you know, 
you're in distance, right? And you can you can call them and they'll talk to them. They'll give you great information about your, the market. Even when it comes to making offers to sellers, and what well, like during our research phase, we'll ca- talk to a couple. Larry Goins. Yeah, this is his secret thing. We created small town profits together. Yeah, I know. Small town great. Small town profits is uh. He's saying, don't talk about it. Yeah. Robert, dropping gold. Well, oh. I, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Sean. Oh, no, but I think that's... Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, no, we're good. Dropping gold. Nick, look at this. Loving the opportunity that Simple Lease Options is providing. Thank you. Lease Options. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we sure appreciate you leaving your comments here. And go check out again Sean's website, Get rmnow.com slash shift. You also have a podcast, the Flip to Freedom podcast. Yep. Me, Sean Terry, Flip to Freedom. You can find it in iTunes, Stitcher, yep. Radio. I remember <laughs> trying so hard to get more reviews than you, and I finally passed you on review. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you did. it. I have to be more consistent. Actually, I was in the process of uh, building, because I turned my studio into a call floor. Yeah. And I've just been hiring people, so we're calling people all across the country for my sales guys, right? So now I got another office over here. I'm I'm leasing that was supposed to essentially start the lease in in April. I'm going to extend until until all this calms down. But I'm turning into a studio so I can start doing my podcast more and do stuff like this. That you're doing good, excellent. Hey, thanks for taking the time, Sean. I know you're busy. And, awesome. Uh, stay safe. Wish you the best. Thank you so much, man. All right. God bless everybody. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And do not sneeze on other people. (laughs) Right? All right. See you.